losing his mind. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in him. Oh. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind. On a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in. Hello, and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Owl. Greg Pappas in the studio, and we have uh, Matt Byrne on the board. <coughs> SP Futures up 15. The SP's up 47 as we try and build on Friday's big time rally. For those that might have uh, not watched your, your your stuff on Friday, we had the uh, Dow up 700, S&P up 86, NASDAQ up 264 as we, well, as we were told by the, the talking heads, the uh, we were celebrating the fact that the wages weren't up, hourly wages weren't up as high as we thought they were going to be. So we had jobs going up, so that was good, but we also had hourly wages not going near as much. They're, they're well under the inflation uh, there were definitely more, mm. uh, more than expected jobs, though. Right? Um, on, the, on the on the establishment survey, yes. Yeah. Um, we still uh, we hopefully we'll have Carl in at, at seven since we weren't on on Friday. Everyone clicked the buy button as soon as they. Well, but yeah, the idea last month that uh, the household survey was so far away different from the establishment survey. I mean, it's not for those. Just as a quick review, the establishment survey is you. You call really a lot of people. I mean, a lot of estab establishments, meaning companies. You essentially ask them how many people they have employed versus the month or year before, and they give you the number. Household surveys, you call people at home, if you can, and you say, by the way, is Joe working or whatever, and the answer. So the thing that the slip there is the establishment only knows that you're working for them. Uh, and if, if you call two places and Joe has to have two jobs, the answer is going to be yes twice. If you call the house, they just say he's working. He's so, working. So one counts people working two jobs or three. The other one does not or could be sloppy about it. So that's kind of the the structural difference. Now, the way they go about the surveys are different too. Of course, at the end of the day, at the end of the year, they should all match, right? I mean, uh, <coughs> maybe not the, the two-job part, but they uh, definitely, uh, if somebody's... If you say you're working when they call you and the place that you're working for says that you're working there, at the end of the day, they should match, right, Greg? You would they think. should. Uh, getting it to line up the numbers with, with anything with a lot of people is probably not going to work. But we believe them for the most part. Um, Everybody's doing great except for Lululemon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so last month we had uh, 
really it was like a, almost an $800,000 increase in the people employed in the household survey. Now, the month before, they were actually down while the other one was up. So, uh, you know, they, they I guess they, they you know, they get through. And we had people coming out of the, uh, we don't know what they're doing column. So that's, that's good, too. So some people that had been out of the workforce are back in now. You know, <coughs> explain this more if Carl comes on. But the uh, one of the things, Greg, is if you uh, if, if you were unemployed and you run out, I don't know, the paychecks got to what, like a year almost with COVID, but now I think they're back to the <coughs> what is it, twenty six weeks or something? The, the the initial, the official that the that the state. I can look that up for you, probably. Well, and then there's extensions, but when the extension comes, the federal government's usually on the hook for the extension. It's it more complicated. These are more Carl questions, but. Bottom line is, if you get to the end of your check time and you don't get a check anymore, and you were still looking for a job, they they kick you off the unemployment roll because instead of actually calling you up and say, "Hey, Greg, are you still looking for a job?" Even though we're not sending a check anymore, they just sort of count if the check's not going to you that you've stopped looking. And those are the people who have come back. <clears throat> yeah, and get, yeah, well, if that person is still looking and gets a job, he's in. There's three columns here. There's out of all the people that are available in the in the uh, workforce over the age of 16, okay, there's the people that are working, <coughs> there's the people that are unemployed looking for a job, and there's the people who don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, they could be in school, they could be uh, wherever. They could be retired, I mean, they could be. So lo- the numbers this month are out of the 264, 8 million people that are um, available to be working. That's, well, I'll give you the actual column title uh, oh, civil uh, this is the civilian non-institutionalized population okay. the market seems to like it <coughs> yeah or maybe it's the house or maybe it's the the bonds but we're, we're up what 900 points or yeah or so so uh, crude oil popped and so out of those people um, 164 million are considered in the workforce 165, 164.9, so 165. Of those, 159 million are working, and 5.7 are not working, looking for a job. Then there's 99 million, 878, that are doing. We're not exactly sure. You know, like I say, it's not nefarious. It could be, uh, <coughs> it could be simply going to school. Now, that's the number that has gotten real high in the last 10 or 15 years. The unemployment number is only 5.7. Well, the, that's because of the participation rate. Well, that's what they call a participation yeah. rate, yeah. So, but this, if you, if you drop back into, uh, even as, it, even as I'm going to say when this really was a lot different, if you go back to 2000, all right, there was 136 million people working, 137, okay, which is, you know, how many million less than now, like 30. Yeah, we got a 25% increase. Okay, right. but we also got a boatload more people. Right, so, but the same number of people are unemployed, but there are also less than 70 million people in this last column. So, basically, 130, 137 million people working, or 70 million people essentially not working, retired in school, whatever. So, so the unempl- the uh, participation rate was 64.4. Well, now we're we're up to 158. No, no, let's see, December of 2022, we've got 159 people working. 159 million people and 99.8. This is just an improvement over last month. So we have 60% of the people working. Now the problem with that is, every time that number drops, 
a lot of these people, to the extent that they're retired or wherever they are, or just, you know, having other issues, uh, you can't let that number drop too much because all of a sudden you can't have half, you can't have every person working paying for two people. You're talking about retirement? Well, I mean, some of them are in school. Whatever could be any of those things. You know what I'm saying? You don't want that number to get down too low. Right, because then you can't (coughs) sustain your... You can't sustain yourself. Right. So the fact that it's creeping up a little bit or hasn't gotten any worse since January this year, it's actually gotten somewhat better, is actually pretty good news. I mean, last December, there was only 59.5 people. uh, 59.5 participation right now, we're up to 60.1, which is a boatload of people. So it's definitely better. The, the biggest issue, I think, now is an awful lot of people are working. Um, Did they break it down by a service, or they break it down somewhere buried in here? They break it down by everything. Yeah, you know. But uh, so that's what Carl will tell us. He'll tell us if it's if it's the people that are college educated, not college educated, that kind of thing. So, <clears throat> but I guess those are all the issues. And uh, well, you know, as a millennial, I uh, I congratulate my <laughs> fellow millennials to entering or at least coming back because you've got to imagine that that section, the millennial, has to be the biggest now. Mm. Well, yeah, but, but the problem you have, or the problem I'm having with this whole situation is the the bulge in inflation over the last three years, which I believe has really been happening since 2000. If you, certainly if you count the hospitalization going up and stuff like that. And in schools and things, it's going. It's been. It's been. Well, you can way blame that on millennials too, because they're the spenders now. Well, I'm, I mean, what I'm saying is, it's it's money supply increase through it's the Fed. Through the Fed, it's been it's been since 2000. It's been averaging you know six seven percent a year. Certainly since 2009, it's been real high. And it just crept into certain areas that people. Well, that's going to keep, uh, as we've seen, that's going to probably keep going as. Uh, more and more of that contingent spend more money because that's just the age ages at which you do start you know borrowing more uh starting a family doing doing all the things that are you know expensive buying houses and but we have no common sense in my opinion regarding anything I and mean, these guys just came out with this uh i, I don't think common sense exists in, but <laughs> in but general it, so well but at the end, at the end of the day though i think it has to because now we have this uh, Alzheimer's drug just came out on, mm. on Friday. Pfizer is a buy now? Uh, well, actually, it wasn't Pfizer. It was, uh, who was it? Uh, man, look that up. Was, who are we uh, buying? We'll do that, yeah. Um, it was a, but we now they're, they're talking 30000 bucks. Oh. Now we're going to give these people a 17-year patent on this? 17? Really? And now well. Me- Medicare is not going to cover it. Um, so my question is, does a patent... I mean, I, you know, if, if every dose, we got to send Matt Byrne down to the Amazon, and he's got to, you know, <laughs> wrestle a, an alligator, pull a molar to get to get the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, ingredients that go in this drug, and it actually, it. it's, a, it's actually worth thirty grand. I guess they don't have a problem with it, but if it's costs them fifty-eight cents, and they've decided they're just going to make thirty grand, and we're going to do that for seventeen years, and we're going to have insurance pay for it, uh, I got a real problem with it. I mean, there's got to be some limit to how much, you know. Oh, 30 grand's a great price. Uh, really? I mean, how much? And what does it really cost to make? What's the variable Well, for cost? some of the cancer stuff, I think it's like 30 grand. Or, or some of the bio. Yeah. Where they, I mean, that's 20, 
per pop or something for yeah. them. Well, here's the name of that drug you want. Uh, the name of the drug is Lequembi. It's yeah. granted to ESI, that's E-I-S-A-I, R&D Management Co. Ltd. Yeah, there was somebody else's on there. Some big Are companies on there, too. Yeah. Some it's probably Biogen. Is it co- by the way, the source is uh, from the FDA. Uh, it is Biogen, I think. It's yeah. Biogen. If it's not Pfizer, it's Okay. Probably. Yeah, that's what we're seeing right now. So, I mean, at some, at some level, you have to say, okay, what does it really cost to make this? You can't just say, you know, I mean, I don't mind somebody who, I mean, I think anybody who designs something like that and makes it deserves to be <coughs> filthy rich, but... Well, look at the bright side. As we inflate away our problems, that 30000 will be less and less. Um, that's one way of looking <laughs> at it, yeah. Well, that, but that's trying to be positive. Well, that's my, that's my complaint with the whole problem here is that I think if you, if you look at the, the talking heads, they're going to say, well, as long as you got a job, you should, be, you should shut up and be happy. I don't think the average person who has a job can come close to, com- to uh, dealing with this 30% bulge in prices he's seen the last three years. And, and, and don't kid yourself. It's been 20 to 30% across the board. Well, in, in food and energy, those, those have come back down. So uh, and Energy has, but in, your gas bill hasn't. In, in theory, that should slowly come tick back uh, down. People's gas wants another new increase. Yeah. They want another $12 a month just for having the pipe. Now, <clears throat> my building, the pipe is 100 years old. Is it about to go? Oh, I don't, I don't think so, but it's four people come off it. They need another 50 bucks for a 100-year-old pipe, really? If they can do that, uh, that's probably the least expensive option. Well, Are they gonna build how about, how about, pipes? How about no pipes? How about no, no increase? No increase? Well, I don't know. Well, you know it's been uh, pretty stable. Pretty stable. Some of the people in city, my uh, bills were not that bad, but in the suburbs, some people are saying four and four and five times. Some people are getting seven, eight hundred hour gas bills. Yeah, that's <coughs> the gas is the same price now as it was a year ago. Yeah, unfortunate part of having a larger house. Well, but I mean, who rides hurt on these guys? The state? Give me a break. Mike Madigan. Well, he's not there anymore. Pritzker. <laughs> I, mean, how much, I mean, how much money do they give to these people? And and the the know, best part is they don't even make money if you <laughs> invest. <laughs> they, sure they do. They just pay themselves and then. <laughs> well, that's 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 what it's supposed to be. I mean, if I had to go back hilarious. to uh, grad school, um, this whole idea of you know not making money or not in profit. Look at look at the people in these in these businesses that have well, some of these companies that have gone you know from <clears throat> ten dollar IPO to two hundred dollar stock price back to ten dollar or less. The, the people who are in charge of the place were able to sell stock at like 200. They're billionaires, and yet, or multi, multi tens of millionaires. Meanwhile, the shareholders are right back where they started from. That sounds about right. So the I idea think of making money. people's gas here is, uh, is WEC. Who, who, are the, who owns them? Well, I'm not sure shareholders, but do you think that those guys care about shareholders? Why do you want to give money to perfect strangers? Because uh, they have the contract. That's my best. Uh, well, what I'm <laughs> saying is the management class in a lot of these areas is pretty much taken over. Yeah, 100%. And, and so the I mean, incentives, the agent principal problem, is that what it's called? Well, well yeah. It's like, what, what do we all do? Do we give ourselves a big raise or do we give out an increase the dividend? I think maybe a big raise sounds better for stock option. Uh, people's gas, I think they're, they're WEC. So if you'd like to buy a whole bunch of that before. Uh, I'd rather be one of the high employees there than buy it. Well, it's like a three and a half percent dividend. Nothing. It's crazy. not bad. I mean, it's not horrible. Yeah. 
But I mean, what? But what? How much could they make if they cut everybody's salary by thirty <laughs> percent? I don't know. I'd imagine. I'd imagine being on the management side, hedging might be pretty. pretty well, I mean, fun. I mean, if I mean, I would. I don't know this for sure. I haven't done it yet. But I would say that if you drop a list of the top fifty employees' salaries from any major utility against a, a company that's competitive somewhere, you'd see a market difference. Yeah. If. Uh, I'm looking WEC right now is like plus one percent for the year, so they didn't go anywhere. Right. Or yeah, they're about in the same place. And uh, if they got a rate hike coming, and they normally make a dollar or four bucks a year or something, so maybe they make dollar ten or dollar. But now we're talking about if, if you're talking about seven eight hundred dollar gas bills for let's say <coughs> five months of the year. Well, hell, that's. It's four grand. It's a real number. At least we're not Europe. Um, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Britain more than anybody else. But uh, hey, so we, we were supposed to talk about some gold. Let's do a little bit after the break. We should have Mr. John Flanagan as well. SB Futures up 15. NASDAQ Futures up 51. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. 
That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now. Lone Rope X, Action Jackson. Tomorrow, Matt Byrne on the board. SP Futures up 18. NASDAQ Futures up 63. So we're pushing this rally uh, past the big rally on Friday. We actually <coughs> finished up up on the week after it was a, a crummy week up until Friday. Today, the Dow's up 102. SP Futures up 19. NASDAQ Futures up 65. Uh, interesting. Uh, one stock not that own today is Lululemon down 41 bucks. It's 12.5%. Not so good there. But everybody else seems like... Everybody's happy with everybody else. I Everyone's mean, good, but Lululemon. Yeah, everybody's good, but the, you know, I, you know, there was a huge push for those. Remember the things that came out that were see-through, and they took them all mm. back. Those things were really were hot sellers on, uh, <laughs> on uh, eBay for a while. Oh, you're talking about yoga pants now. Yeah, oh. see, everyone's see-through yoga pants. Everyone's seen what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Dex, Dex up at ninety-five point six percent. Footsy down five. All that flat. Kek around up twenty-three point three. So. Um, European markets up a little bit over in Asia. Uh, Nikkei up 153.6%. Hang Seng up 396, 21,000, The most amazing rally I've ever seen in my years in the business. They were 14.5 in October. Here we are, January, and the thing is 21.3. Uh, wow. Shanghai up 18.6%. As everybody's decided, uh, don't worry about the government, don't worry about slaves. Just China's a good place to begin again, okay, because they're reopening. Cool. Uh, again, on Friday, up down up 700, S&P up 86, Nasdaq up 264, big huge day. Bonds today uh, up one basis point, 3.59, the Bund up 4, 2.25, Japan up 8, right? At, wow, they're, they're going to let this thing float from 0 to 0.5, they're at 4, 0.498, so I'd say they're at the top there, wouldn't you say, Greg? That's uh, right getting there. Getting there, and before the government has to start doing something here, or else raise the limit yet again. Well, not yet again, for a second time. Oil up 252, but still 76.29. Rent up 247, up eight, that's 81.04. Natural gas up 15 cents, but still fairly under four dollars at 385. Our Bob up eight cents, 232. By the way, gas prices were up like 36 cents this week from last week. Is that because of the new tax? It must be. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's something. Gold up 10 bucks, 18.79. Maybe got to make it to 1900. Silver up a dime, 24.09. Copper up seven cents, 398. And we've got crypto up 284 is the Bitcoin, 17,246 U.S. dollar uh, down again today. It's almost the pound's almost the 107, and, it, and the euro. I'm sorry, the euro is almost the 107, pound to 121. So those are kind of recent highs and those things, re- recent lows in the dollar. I've said that ten times. 
Mm. Yes, Matt, what do you got for us, Trevor, with the sports? A lot of sports. Oh, definitely, yeah. Packers, well, Packers a loser. Not doing too good with Packers, yeah. Uh, 6.38 a.m. on January 9th, 2023. Uh, traffic in Chicago, fairly regular this morning. Uh, weather in Chicago, partly cloudy skies today. Right now, 27 degrees, a high of 42 degrees later today. Weather in Phoenix, clear skies, currently 45 degrees, high of 69 later on. Yesterday in the NFL, Bears lose to Vikings 13-29. to They won the first round pick. <laughs> they did, but they didn't. But it, Thank you, Lovey Smith. Fourth yeah. quarter didn't go well. Uh, this marks their 10th loss fired. in a row this season. Bears three wins to 14 losses overall this season. As well as that, with the Packers, we have them right now for yesterday. Well, let's see. That's yesterday. Let's get that real quick. They lost it to Detroit. It will be, yeah, you're right. Detroit Lions, there it was. Uh, Detroit Lions, uh, Lions 20, Packers 16, Packers 8 to 9 this season. Uh, in the NHL last night, uh, Blackhawks beat Flames 4 to 3. Tonight in the NBA, Bulls at Celtics catch that at 6.30 p.m. tonight. So I'll, I'll, I'll for now, Chief, back to you. We've got the big national championship game tonight. Oh, yeah. That's right. We have Mr. Flanagan. We do indeed. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Craig. Good morning. John, who's your, who's your pick for tonight? <laughs> Yeah, I'll defer to you, Sam. Oh God, you know it's well. Georgia's got to be a. See, was how, how much uh, favorite are they, Greg? They got to be someone. Were they eight or nine? Uh, I was actually looking at the NFL odds right now. Who, who's the? Hmm. You got to be the Eagles. Got to be the, the chalk. Oh right yeah. There. Oh. Although they're they're know. a weak chalk. KC, Buffalo, San Francisco. Yeah. Really? One, two, three, and actually uh, Philly and San Francisco are the same. So KC's back to number one, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, Buffalo. Buffalo is, or KC is like 330. Buffalo is 400. So if you bet 100 bucks on KC, you win 330. If you bet 100 bucks on Buffalo, you win 400. So mm. the, uh, the negotiation over the game that wasn't <coughs> played last week, the fellow getting hurt. Um, and hopefully, not hopefully, definitely is doing better. So that's good news. That was uh, a no <coughs> contest, by the way. None of those stats count for anything. So they they declared that. Those uh, stats for say Joe Burrow, who was on track to break the uh, attempts record, uh, he didn't get any credit for his touchdown or, or his throws. Oh. So they, that was a uh, no contest was the ruling. Well, the the, wow. the story appears to be that if they end up playing each other, it's going to be a neutral site. Where's the neutral site? Did they name it? <laughs> I got to be between Sweden, Atlanta. <laughs> well, between. Who knows if they're doing anything intelligent, but if it's <clears throat> if those fans are supposed to have tickets and it's Cincinnati and uh, the Bills, I think they, they you would think it would be Cleveland way. or Pittsburgh, but but I, who knows if they're going to do that. Pittsburgh's outside. Cleveland inside? Is Cleveland inside now? I don't, I don't even know. I'm thinking Sweden. Sweden's always been a pretty neutral ground for most people. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Head over there. God. be good news for everybody. So, John, what are you, what are you making? What's happening? We had the... Uh, the employment report, which you didn't get a chance to go through on <clears throat> on Friday. Hopefully, we will today. Uh, we get Carl in for briefly. What did you make of uh, the big rally? I mean, it it appears. Well, you don't really know anybody does anything, but the 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 talking point was that the hourly labor hourly hourly uh, labor number was was lower than expected. So that's we're, we're putting people back to work, but we're not raising their, their salary up that much and. Was that good or bad? Uh, and in fact, you know, the people in the survey are, are working in multiple jobs, um, so that, that tells me that you know the quality of life for those workers is reduced. 
So if, if there's a happiness factor in all this, it isn't being enjoyed by the workers, it seems. So. No, I get my uh, my read, and, and Sunday morning I go to the the Myers, and uh, anyway, one of the gentlemen in there is uh, works there, and he also has another job at Wendy's, right? Um, he's you know he's scrambling. A lot of people I think are scrambling like that because he used to have a job at you know a, a, I'll say a real industry, but that's probably a wrong thing to say. But he, I was asking him, and I go, so what's the you know how are things going? He goes, well, the, the problem, with it, you know, everybody is these places like McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King and everybody start paying more. I mean, everybody's got this big relief. Uh, They might be paying more, but they're also automating a lot as as fast as they can. But they don't have any... There's no uh, responsibility on anybody's part. I mean, uh, John and I are a tad older than you, Greg, but if you you said somebody made, uh, you know, eight bucks an hour 30 years ago, it was an easy, it was an easy uh, multiplication. Okay, eight bucks times forty, <laughs> you know, times four weeks in the month. You you could do that, but now you you can't do that. I mean, the, this guy says to me, well, the second place he worked, which is one of the above named uh, fast food places. Oh yeah, we we're slow last week because everybody got cut from thirty five to twenty eight hours. So you can't you can't just say, you know, if you go to rent an apartment or anything, you can't say, well. I make fifteen bucks an hour times forty. This is six hundred dollars a month. Right? So I make fifteen bucks here and I make twelve bucks here. Oh, yeah, you could be, but your forty could be twenty-five next week. And this is a phenomenon, Johnny. You and I. I mean, it wasn't like nobody did that back in the day, but I mean, it's pretty rare. I mean, downtown here. I remember we used to before they when they opened at five thirty instead of six. Every morning we get our coffee at the Dunkin' Donuts over here. So of course I get me talking to everybody. Imagine that. I was talking to the girls, and I said, uh, how come the coffee went up? Well, the minimum wage went up a buck. This is, mm. you know, this is before COVID, so we were still going over there. Um, she goes, yeah, the minimum wage went up, but now they cut us to seven hours a day instead of eight. So they're right back where they started from. I mean, it's so you, I mean, people's perception of what these employers are doing today, especially people that never get out of the limousine, the people that are on TV, I think is a little bit wrong. What do you think, John? I mean, I yeah, and you know, I'll go with what Greg said too. That um, you know, my local Aldi here is you know offering seventeen fifty an hour to start. You know, they got signs all over the place, but Aldi generally is getting rid of all their cashiers. You know, so everything is going to self checkout, hmm. like you see in CVS and all these other places. So they can afford to pay you know a lot more than seventeen fifty an hour if they've got one tenth the number of employees. <laughs> That they're paying that. So where does the rest of that go? It doesn't. It doesn't go into making your trip to the grocery store easier as a shopper. You got to wrestle with this stuff yourself. It all you bag yourself stuff anyway. I, I have no qualm with that. But I like having a cashier get the stuff out of there and get, let me pay. And I don't have to deal with all that trying to keep track of my cart and my bags and everything else. All of this is just driving up the, the hassle factor um, and reducing the, the gains to workers generally. I mean, seventeen fifty an hour is nice maybe but if you can only offer that to a lot fewer people where's how does how does the public share in that kind of large fewer house? people and less less of the hours like chief had mentioned yeah well how much, how much you guys are uh, especially greg being the, the millennial uh, mr mr tech guy <laughs> if you go into these places there's always instead of having a cashier there's eight people that are trying to do their own stuff and some are pretty good at it 
you know. Uh, but I don't. But the the self checkout like is actually slower. It's but slower. They, they make that a, a choice, and but I mean, there's always three or four people watching people and helping them. I, I don't know how. You, I'm not so sure you gain all that much. Plus, the first year Home Depot did it, they had a, a huge amount of. Uh, I use the term shrinkage. Yeah. Mm, I definitely. Mean, I, I mean, uh, plus how. Does that thing weigh all your own stuff? I mean, if you plunk the onions well, on there, does it weigh it for you? It, it's supposed to. The thing I oh, don't yeah. like... It definitely it, it, weighs you know, onions. you got these voices yapping at you, and the, the noise level in a grocery store with the music, you know, and you know, people yelling at each other nearby, and then you have this machine talking to you about scan your item, and, you know, the next next item, it, 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 and you're trying to... It's like a multimedia experience of the worst kind. It's like being in a pinball game or something. And I'm, I'm exhausted whenever I do it. I, I never do it if I have a big order. Mm-hmm. I just I, w- I will wait in line gladly for a cashier to take me because I just I get you know frustrated. Where, where was my wallet? Where's my credit card? You know, none of this stuff that I can kind of let let rest when I'm standing in line. I have to be on my, my guard constantly in the self checkout. So, what if you're if you're a coupon creature, which I'm not? Oh, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't worth it, Tom. Really. Well, it's. it's it's so bizarre when you when you look at you know labor theory, which you know I used to when I was in school. But you went to uh, for those that don't know historical lesson from the uh, uh, for the millennials. Uh, being a checkout lady was was actually fairly difficult because the those things were manual. I mean, when I when I was a real little kid, they were manual. So the lady had to make sure that her hands had to spread apart <clears throat> and actually hit all those buttons. And when she when she had a whack. The thing every time, so it'd be you know, twenty nine cents. She'd have to punch the thing. Well, and then at the end, she'd have to punch it, and the thing would, would come up with the. I mean, I, how long would it take if uh, if everybody, if everything was disappeared? How long would it take for somebody to invent the cash register again, like four centuries? Mm. Oh man, the mechanical cash register. I, I wouldn't begin to know how to deal with that, but you know, I'm not an inventor. But I'll tell you what. Uh, Greg and Matt, you do not want to get clocked by one of those ladies. <laughs> their, their, their forearms, no nonsense. Oh, they well, they their, their forearms. They, they they could probably, you know, squeeze a bricklayer's hand. It was it was to that. I mean, they were. I mean, it was. A, but then, as time went by, you know, they in that job, they were well, not all women, obviously, were able to do as the as the, as the machines got better. Were probably be, they were go, they could go pretty darn fast. I mean, they were really pretty good, but that was a real skill set. But I mean, now with the scanners, you can go, <clears throat> and anybody can go two or three times as fast. And you would think that uh, labor theory would say they would be getting paid more because they're more efficient. Well, that, that the place would make some money because the machine's better, but the people would make a little bit of the money too. Right, and you can get more yeah. people through the checkout line than with self-checkout. I'm sure you I, would, I don't think there's also, any question. No, hold on. That also, you need to take into account how many self-checkouts can fit in one uh, line with, like, the conveyor. So it, I think they target towards even, but if you can fit more of the self-checkouts, even if it takes longer, um, you can get that average time. I would. Uh, <clears throat> I would say that... I'm not positive that I'm right, and I don't know that you're positive you're right, but I'll bet you if we did a real study, we'd find it came out pretty darn even, and you wonder why you're getting rid of people. I don't. In mean, theory, prices go down. I mean, I've seen the Sam's Club. Now, of course, Sam's now has done the deal where you can scan it on your phone as you throw it in your cart. Yeah. Hmm. Now, that makes, I get, of course, I don't know who's, 
what happens if you throw something in you don't scan? I mean, I, well, somebody takes it out of your cart. <laughs> or somebody takes it out of your cart, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so, I mean, there's issues with all this stuff, but... That cart has to be an expensive cart, too, if it can tell everything's going in there. No, well, but the cart is just a regular cart. Well, so when, when you when you put yeah. your peanut butter in there, you scan a peanut butter. The yeah. idea is when you get to the front, you just total it up. Yeah. And you get a running total all the while you're shopping. Mm-hmm. Hell, even I know this. But I mean, I don't, I don't know how to do it, but... So, I mean, the idea is now how... how how somebody watches you don't put two peanut butters in there I have no idea I mean I, I just the whole thing seems it's like it's probably on the cart yeah I just it just seems somewhat more inefficient to me by design because you're letting people don't know what they're doing do what the people who do know what they're doing do <laughs> it's like, anyway so Jan what the um, the new year's starting out we had some crummy days in the market now we had a couple of well we had one real good day now it looks like we have a good day today but you never know because up until Friday or every day we but we were up darn near every day we were up during the show and everybody's kind of enthusiastic and at the end of the day we'd be down and Friday was exactly the flip on the other now the question is is that a bear market rally day or which bear market rallies are you know as one person said on on a <coughs> TV um, a few months ago when we were in this bear market he goes you don't have any two and a half percent bull market rallies and those are bear market rallies because, you know, who knows if that's... But historically, it seems that the bear market rallies are the ones that really are the face scrapers if you're short, right, Greg? Oh, man, that was a face ripper for sure. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> but you're talking, you know, 60, 70 points in the S&P. That's a lot. I mean, that's a real lot. Um, you know, I mean, just to, to go through the actual numbers, we were... Make that 87, that's 2.3%. That's a lot. I mean, when everything just goes one way a day, and now... You know, I don't. It looks today like we're going to be up, but uh, like I said, it's done that how many times this year so far? You were on, John. A couple times we were up. We we're talking to the show, and yeah, actually, well, you haven't been if out, if you I been pulled back, you know, far enough from everything. I see a, a generally downward trend, despite all the, the the occasional peaks and then the big valleys. But n- none of this seems to point to anything really positive that I can see. Well, that's. I mean, it, it's really hard to. Uh, again, I'm a little bullish here because we've been down so much. Um, and I've actually put some money to work for people, but protected. But if you looked at some of the uh, charts, and I'm no chartist, but some dude on Friday was talking about if, since the beginning of the sell-off, this this rally just gets us up <clears throat> to the line at which all the other rallies have got us to, right, Greg? I mean, it's can it, we, it's, it's a line we going. Can ask Chat GPT. It's, it's it's a line going down. Yeah. So it's uh, I don't. It's hard for me to uh, see where. I, I can, in other words, I can see a, a bottoming. I could see a slight rally if earnings start to come in a little better and things, um, and some stabilization by the Fed. I, I could see somewhat of, of a turn start, not a, not necessarily a turn, but a, but a, a stabilization. I'll use that term. I don't know where the idea that the Fed's going to go back to one and a half percent in two years and the market's going to be back to where it was two years ago. I I don't see that at all. I mean, I mean, do you, Greg? I, mean, I, I don't either. No. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see the Fed all of a sudden, okay, everything's all right now, let's go back to 2% or half a percent. I mean, I, matter of fact, I, I, was, I was talking to Greg, John, I said, I, I think the Fed might possibly be at 45 to 5% for the entire year. And, and, and so we say not, not be that much of a topic of conversation. Yep. I think they, they would like to be. Maybe, maybe I would too, perhaps. Um, so there are some positive signs, Tom, and, and you know the, the wrangle with the choosing of the Speaker of the House uh, 
whatever else you know, went into that. There, there are things I like about whatever was forced on McCarthy to, you know, to get him put there. And it, it, they get rid of these ridiculous omnibus spending bills where you just you know, keep adding zeros and, and junk into these, these pieces of legislation with no sense of how any of this stuff is ever going to be paid for. That would be a start. You know, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's ever going to work or not, but I like the concept very much. Well, I was uh, a little bit disappointed uh, in the sense that that was the those were the headlines right Jan and me it was the you know no no more 4,000 page bills no more omnibus bills that kind of thing uh, and a little more power for, for regular people not just a few leaders well there's nothing there that anybody right or left can disagree with right now the question is is that just the headline crap or is that or was it really about individual power for those people I mean I don't, I don't really know if I trust them or any I don't think that how can I say it? I don't think they got their message out right. Whoever was their quote leader never actually got on and said, "This is what we're looking for." And by the way, everybody should be behind this, not just us. I, I don't know that their message was ever all that that conveyed, and certainly to any kind of a real level. Do you? Well, I, no, and they're a vast minority in the Republican Party, which is troubling. You would think that you know, there would have been a lot more, um, you know, people who could sign on to this from the get go. But it shows the depth to which the two parties have become completely interchangeable with each other, which mm-hmm. you know has just gotten worse and worse over the last ten, twenty years. Um, but it's but it's a start, and you know, but is it is it enough to make a difference? I don't know. A lot of this stuff to me is just common sense, and it isn't isn't something we really should have to applaud. Anybody should should be able to see the, the ridiculous you know path we've carved here. But um, I don't know. It's. It was refreshing in a way, but I, it, like you say, um, it wasn't enough to really make a, a big enough stir. I think. Well, I, I have a, you know, my issues are with with the Congress on both sides, and again, I don't, you know, who's ever in charge. I guess it seems like to me the same people pay to people on both sides, so it really doesn't matter. It has to do with who's in charge, and it's not the Congress, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, they, they they can pass the bill, but what's in the bill doesn't seem to be their doing at all, does it? Right. So they, can, they can wash their hands of it when it's convenient. Yeah. You know, they can and say it's not, not their fault or whatever. But we had a... Have you uh, read about the George Santos guy? This is my new favorite person on planet Earth, by the way. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> the funniest thing. What did he do? George he Santos... He invented his resume. Yeah, he lied about basically oh, yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> where he went to school, what he did for work, when his mom died twice, uh, if he was what his religion was. And now he's in trouble in Brazil. I mean, this guy's in Congress... And he's going to get extradited to Brazil for uh, check fraud or something. <laughs> well, why, why, why don't they boot him out? You can't. He was elected. <laughs> you can boot him out. Well, I I don't know if he's even in yet, but well, he was sworn in the other day. Yeah, probably. But I mean, this is the funniest thing. If you expect anything of anybody, you know, in, it's not going to happen. Well, I mean, to to their credit, the Irish can't a coach after a week because he lied on his resume. Well, they've got more of a backbone. Than What's his name, O'Leary, Jan? Yeah. yeah. Supposedly, that's Barack Obama lost his Illinois law license because he just didn't disclose that he had used alias names, such as Barry Sotero. Mm. And that's enough to get you, you to have your you know, law license revoked. But you know, honestly, at some level, it's, it's, supposed, it's kind of a given, you would think. But you know. There's also a threat now, though, that if you have a degree from a elite institution, you're being told by employers you can't even put put that in any of your 
you know, website or any, anything else because it will hurt the feelings of other people. So maybe it's, it's open season. You just make up a resume because nobody's going to be able to read it anyway. Well, who's Gary Santos? How are they not booting him? Well, can you get can you what that opens up a can of worms <laughs> if you start <laughs> making politicians, you know, getting making them honest. Well, everybody's I mean, going to be kicked. There's a big difference between being honest and actually have a. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you can say that this bill is going to you know help everybody when you know it isn't. I mean, you know, I guess that's a pretty hard, a tough one to prove. You say you went to Harvard when you went to wherever Sidewash State. That's that's pretty easy to prove. Yeah, but nobody checked, and they still no, elected him. Nobody checks it. That's the thing, you know. You just, it, a, a reporter at a two-bit newspaper could easily find this. Oh, yeah. But, you know, nobody has the energy or the interest of doing it. But So no wonder these kind of spectacular fraud cases come up. But I mean, nothing that, that he said was, was even close to, like, being truthful. He, he, going back from his job, his school, his... I mean, nothing. Well, I know just a hair of how this works because <laughs> I happen to live in a district where the guy got booted out of the Illinois Senate. Now, what you have to do to get booted out of the Illinois Senate, I have no idea. He must be an axe murderer <laughs> or something. But That's a low bar. <laughs> so he, he turns out to be my senator. Of course, my district is his little finger of, I'll say, you know, the west side, read the hood. So they, they drag... I don't know how many people. Not that everybody in my my area is white. They aren't. It's very, very actually very integrated. But it's it's higher money than than the West Side. But there's a little finger that sneaks in there for people who don't even know who the hell they're voting for. I mean, they never meet any of these people. All the people that vote are from the well. The the, the offices are all like at the you know Kedzie in Austin or someplace, right? Or Kedzie in Chicago. Oh, I forgot. Also, he's uh, he, he's accused of violating campaign finance laws. <laughs> oh, see? Well, so get a load of this. So the guy gets booted. He immediately runs again, and he wins. I think he ran on a post. He might, maybe he didn't. But and, uh, and then, but then once once you get back in, the, you can't get booted out a second time for the same stuff because the people have spoken. So, so I think what happened if, you, if, if they can boot Santos out. But now in the House, they have to have another election, right? You can't yeah. appoint somebody. Yeah, because he just was elected. I think he's just just sworn in. So. Yeah. So, but but if he gets booted, say next month, which won't happen, but if he does, they'll have to have an election in what eight weeks or something, Jen? They can't. Yeah. You can't leave a the governor doesn't get to appoint. It's the people's house for a reason. If he ran again and short got short of anything criminal, though, I I don't I, the the Brazil thing might be. But I'm not you, you sure. Can, you can get somebody out for finance problems. You can get people right. out for you can, trade and stock. That opens up a can of worms for the rest of the House and the rest of the politicians to say, you know, what's the what's the line? <laughs> well, he's whatever the line is, he's way over. <laughs> of course he is, but he's taking it to the extreme. Well, my point is, if, if he ran again and was elected again, you can't kick him out a second time if it's the same as the state, right, John? Yeah. For the same I stuff? Think it's, it's sort of, it is a sort of a double jeopardy thing, though. Well, we have to go to break here real quick. Hopefully, Carl will Matt will, uh, will, will track down Carl. That's right. Dan, you can hang around. Uh, yeah, sure. And uh, we'll talk. We'll talk labor numbers. Greg, you're certainly well, welcome to hang around. SP futures up 15. Nasdaq futures up 53. Be right back. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep. 
Nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProtoRuck can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708 403 2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue. It's like I picked the wrong week to quit amphetamines. Hello, I'm Beck Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Howe. We've got Greg Pappas in the studio. we got Matt on the board. we got John Flanagan on the, on the phone. SP Futures. We'll have Carl Denninger in like five minutes. SP Futures up 12 now. NSA Futures up 42. We're not going to start this leaking every day during the show. We're, we're up when we uh, when we get here and we're down when we leave. It's, I hope we're not going to do that. Um, that. That thing you just ran. John, did you ever know any, any glue sniffers? <laughs> I was probably one myself, Tom, and never knew it. I was I was into model airplanes and model cars. Oh God! <laughs> what, what are they, if you get a model airplane now, what do they give you for glue? They don't give you the same crazy stuff we used. No, oh, the stuff that they gave you, oh, man, that stunk up every house we lived in. That stuff. My parents were going crazy. Well, if you put it in a brown paper bag and sniffed it, I mean, you'd be not only you'd be, you'd be destroyed brain cells by the zillions, right? Right. <laughs> 
I, I didn't really know any very closely, but um, I certainly, you know, it was a phenomenon people used to talk about a lot. The, uh, <laughs> well, I, I think it was, I think it was really bad. Uh, I was going to say, Carl maybe knows something about glue snippers, but I don't think so. Carl, how are you, bud? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a Monday, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's a bad day. <laughs> I remember when we were in high school, the, uh, they, they had, if anybody remembered these things, they had, they had mimeograph machines, which had this kind of weird blue glue, mm. and when you, when you passed the, the sheets out to everybody, be it an exam or whatever it was, they still smell, so the entire class would put the thing up to their nose, and the teacher would be like, "Hey, cut that out!" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, those things. Uh, yeah, those those were interesting. I, I think you could get high on that fluid. I I never actually accomplished it, but I suspect you probably could. That's why everybody was trying to sniff out. <laughs> well, the, the airplane glue was real dangerous, right? If you put that in a bag, you were you would get screw yourself up pretty bad. Well, yeah, airplane glue was was like the the original meth, I guess, from the standpoint of like the damage. Yeah, and that it, uh, you know, it was it was really bad news in terms of you know doing brain damage and stuff like that. I, that was never something that was of much interest to me. <laughs> the, no, new, no. the new way of causing brain damage are whippets. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar oh, with yeah. those. What are whippets? Well, those. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, 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 so it's that's nitrous oxide. Yeah. All right. Well, um, which is which by itself. I mean, that's not that's not particularly dangerous. The, the challenge there is that uh, inhaling it on a concentrated basis uh, comes with two risks. One is that if you don't decant it into a bag first, you could freeze your lungs because, like all gases, it expands when it comes out of the container. Uh, and, and of course, that would be very bad. Uh, the uh, the other problem, though, which is, uh, I don't know how much of a, a real issue it is unless you're really stupid, but every year when I was in college and, uh, and a young adult, there was only somebody that was dumb enough to kill themselves by wearing a mask. And, of course, the problem there is if you pass out, uh, well, <laughs> it doesn't fall off your face and you have no oxygen. <laughs> I saw a guy who did a couple and went face first into a futon. That was uh, oh god. That that was, you know, I, I don't know how many stitches, but uh, <laughs> it was a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean that one's, you know, that's the same stuff that's that's. I mean that's you know nitrous oxide. That, you know, the dentist, the, some of the dentists gas. use it, so it's a you know laughing gas, and it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah what's the, what's the uh, what's the nitrogen thing they're giving people now for enhanced uh, performance? It's a hmm. some kind of drug. Um, it's supposed to help out your uh, muscular system or something. It's nitrogen something, something. I don't know. I, I, I just probably read it in pants. Hey, so Carl, what uh, labor numbers? Last month the uh, household survey disagreed totally with the establishment survey. The uh, household survey, the adjusted one that I look at, seems to show a huge bounce back there. Does the unadjusted do the same thing? No. Does not. <laughs> okay. what? No. No, it doesn't. Um... Actually, the uh, I thought the the employment report was rather meh across the board. Um, the, you have to you have to love this uh, you know this dip in the unemployment number back down at three five. But the the bigger the bigger thing is the employment population ratio didn't move at all. I mean, not even one tick. But it's still sixty point zero, and that is that's a bad number. Okay, just a I mean that's that's. Uh, 
you know, we, we were up in the 61s. Um, and that's the, you know, this is you know, before COVID, of course. That's, um, that's kind of the most important number in the entire report because that tells you how many, what percentage of the working age population is paying taxes as opposed to consuming them. And, of course, that has a great deal of impact on what happens to the government funding down the road. But I, the unadjusted number was plus 123, and, uh, and that's pretty stinky. That's not, uh, that's not anything to write home about. Uh, the other thing that's, that's kind of interesting, though, is that the, uh, the we gave up number went up by 185,000 on an unadjusted basis. Now, uh, December is normally not a firing month. Okay, D- January is a firing month because all the all the temporary help that was hired for the holidays let go. So next month it should be negative, and and if it is, that's you know that's not a surprise. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how negative. All right, so real real quick, not to dig in whatever normal amount of time here, but my, my I'm looking at the the, the the one that's adjusted. Okay, so they've got. The people right. that are, we don't know what they're doing, went down from 100 million, 181 to 99,878. You're saying the number actually went up in the unadjusted? Yeah, the unadjusted went from uh, 10436 to 10621. Okay, so, uh, so the numbers so, here. I mean, it's, but, they, but they do, you know, that's the problem with these adjusted things is that I don't, everybody in the brother says there's a political bias there. I'm, I don't know, this political bias is just you know, garbage sampling. Uh, the end of the day doesn't really matter. Well, the I guess one one question is: there's the establishment survey, and then they call well call or they they survey quite a few places, right? It's not like it's fifty; it's like <clears throat> several, it's many many thousand, right? That they actually yeah, it's a it's it's a fairly substantial survey, but of course, uh, you know whether or not somebody answers you is up to them. What? Uh, well, but now are you losing? Not you personally losing face in the system, but the household survey with the uh, you know less and less and less landlines. Don't know where anybody is with their cell. Is that becoming less? I mean, is is, is the data there getting worse by the month, or, or are they finding a way around that? No, I don't think so. I you know I've never had so I've, I've always considered this to be the most important economic number that comes out every month. Um, the the, you know, the GDP report the internals in there and, and actually the Fed Z1 used to be the one that, that I paid an awful lot of attention to um, but the Fed Z1 has re- been rejiggered a couple of times and it's and unfortunately what they've done is try to go back and, and backfit the data into the newer formats and that anytime somebody does something like that I immediately discount whatever is there in terms of its forward, you know, its forward value because there's a subjective judgment that has to go into that. All right. So, but, but the household survey just the difficulty of finding people is not something you're getting very concerned with. No, because I don't think it's changed much. I mean, you know, cell phones have been a been a thing for quite a while. Um, but I have not noticed a shift in the household survey data, and I've, I've been following this thing on a monthly basis for, oh, good God, uh, 30 years now almost. I, I just, I mean, I know, of course, when it comes to phones... I mean, there were cell phones in 1995, Chief. 
at least well, okay, there were. I had one, but uh, they were you know they were a dollar a minute to use them. With with huge roaming charges, if you ever were out of town. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, that was when there was there were two. There was there was singular, and there was AT and T, and that was that was it. I just wish I would have bought a cell tower or invested in one when I was in the pit in the eighties. Oh God, you know, there's uh, yeah. <laughs> you think? Well, huh? I would I wanted the one in Kearney, Nebraska, that everybody had to use going across Nebraska. I think it was the last tower I ever paid a roaming charge from. I was going skiing probably twenty five years ago, and I paid a roaming charge. I go, what the hell is this? I don't know they had these anymore. <laughs> But they did. And yeah, you know, we used to, <laughs> I, I used to have to carry one of those things, but I had a Skytel pager, too, because, I, boy, nobody had that number except a couple of people in my office. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I just, being not much of a, I mean, I have a cell phone, obviously, but it seems like if, if somebody calls me at home, I, mean, I'll, if it, I might answer if somebody said it's a, it's a, a survey for the uh, labor or something. I might answer that. I just am generally more pissed if somebody find I get a crank call on my cell phone. I don't know. If, am I? I don't care what what the guys want. The guy wants. I'm not giving it to him because I don't want. I don't want crank calls in the middle of a meeting or something. I mean, it's not happening with your home, your house phone. How about this, guys? Um, Starlink. If you want, if you want internet on your private jet, you can get it for. Like twenty thousand a month, as long as you have the hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar adapter in your plane. Mm. Carl, you got one of those? You know, <laughs> if, if you think about if you think about the scam that is that is inherent in that, you give that about thirty seconds to roll around the back of your head. Satellites that are in low Earth orbit are not geosynchronous. In other words, they're, you know they're not in a, over a fixed part of the Earth, right? And that's and that's what Starlink is. The, the older Hughes systems are geosynchronous, and one of the reasons that the service is so terrible and expensive is that being so far out, the latency is awful. So there's all kinds of cheating that goes on in order to get you something that's sort of usable. And because you only have 360 degrees geosynchronous orbit, you only have a small number of satellites that can be up there, and as a result, you have what always happens in economics when something is scarce. Price gets high. So that's not true at all. But Elon you know, Musk is throwing these things by the hundreds up into the up into the, the uh, low Earth orbit thing, and the distance is really not much further than your cable modem goes to get to wherever it's going. And so, as a result, the latency is really good. All right. So, why is it that your terminal is 100 or 150 at your house? Why why is it 50 percent more expensive if you put it in an RV? And you take it somewhere. The same terminal now. So you, you just instead of being stuck on the side of your house, you, you pick it up, you throw it in the back of your RV, you take it somewhere. He charges you more money if you do that. And then, if you want to run that thing over in Ukraine, or on a boat, or on a whatever, all of a sudden it's tens of thousands of dollars. And the, and the service he's providing you is exactly the same. Now, this is, this, this is not a dish. This is a... Some, how do you? What kind of a receiver do you have? Just a well, it's a flat. It's a flat panel. It's a phased array. So it is. A, it, it's it's a it's a dish synthetically, but because it's a flat panel and it's a phased array, it can aim the beam itself, which is exactly what it does. And it has quite a bit of computer power in it, and it's and it draws a, a fairly decent amount of electricity too, because the, the computational power required to do this is not small. 
so it, it, the the dish is part of an active network because there's so many of these birds. That if you splatter the wrong one, you screw somebody else. So there's a <laughs> there's quite a bit of uh, of you know horsepower in the dish that's uh, that's going on. Is not nearly so much in the satellite simply because the satellite doesn't have a whole lot of power in terms of a power budget to begin with. It's, there's only so much you can collect from the sun and the solar panels. So the the big horsepower, the heavy lift, is being done on the ground. So this thing is essentially tracking the satellite as you're flying. Yeah, and and as your relationship with the satellites, it's kind of like a cell phone system in that your cell your cell phone. You know, the, one of the ways they busted this guy that chopped up these kids out in Idaho was was through cell phone stuff, and they they also caught these other guys that were uh, were. You know, throwing stuff and shooting at uh, at substation equipment the same way. Inherently, to provide the service, the network has to coordinate with your terminal because as you drive or you fly, in the case of the Starlink thing, it has to compute that, okay, the signal coming from this satellite is getting weaker, the distance is getting greater, and the angle is is going more towards the horizon. That's not so good. There's another one over here that's closer overhead. So we, we're going to coordinate and switch over from one to the other. Uh, you're right. That would be an interesting piece of equipment. So the handoff has got to be seamless or else you're going to be dropping. Well, it's actually easy. One of the things, so a lot of things have happened with that in the last you know, in the last number of years. Your cellular service used to be an awful lot like an old-style phone call. And that when you, were, when you were talking, you know, our conversation right now, you were using a 64 kilobit channel all the time because that's how the telephone network was designed. The original digital setup, once you got away from, you know, relays and clacking and then, you know, the, the chick with the plug board uh, for an operator, you actually had a 64 kilobit data channel and that's what your voice was carried on. Well, the newer systems and basically all systems now are not that at all. They're packet switch, just like your internet connection is. And so as a result, uh, and, and LTE and beyond, so 5G as well, uh, work this way. And this is why you can be in your house with a Wi-Fi call where your, your cell phone is working over Wi-Fi. You can walk out the door, get in your car, the call does not drop because it's just a data stream. You could not do that with the earlier systems. You, some of them had Wi-Fi capability. T-Mobile's had it for a long time. But if you left your house, you got in a car, and you started driving, you call it disconnecting, and you have to call back on the cell side because they were still switching HSPA and before, which is the earlier technologies, all still allocated physical channels. And that doesn't, that's, that doesn't happen anymore. So that's, that's, that's just a little bit of uh, inside baseball on how this stuff actually functions. I have no idea that your cell works through your hi- Wi-Fi. I don't even have the same company. Mine doesn't. Uh, you should, actually. In, in virtually all cases now, if you have a Wi-Fi signal on your phone, uh, it will attempt to connect back into the cellular network uh, from your carrier. And, the, and it's, the, this is all through the magic of data encryption, and, it, and it's extremely solid. Your, uh, your security from that standpoint is actually better in that environment. But the reason it works is because your handset when it's actually making a phone call uh, today is using that exact same transmission mechanism and authentication and security that it uses when you're coming in over Wi-Fi. There's no difference between the two anymore. What if you got a phone and you always have the Wi-Fi off, like me? Well, then, then it just goes over the cellular network. It's completely seamless. Yeah. It's just a different transport. 
I don't think I'm your normal... Because I don't think you're the normal person either, because you're on one end of it and I'm on the other. Let's put it that way. Well, it's, it's the normal, the ordinary person. I mean, you know, my daughter's not a heavy geek. The ordinary person doesn't even realize that this is going on. If you're on, if you're on Wi-Fi, you're going to, you know, but this is why you can go into a place that has absolutely terrible, you know, you go to a, a brew pub that's a, a metal building, okay, you know, that blocks, uh, blocks radio signals quite effectively. So you have basically no cell service, but your phone works just fine. And the reason is they have free guest Wi-Fi. When you're on Wi-Fi, your phone works. Uh, credit to the Board of Trade that they had absolutely terrible reception pretty much everywhere in the first and lower level. And they built out both the uh, cell networks. They put they put uh, whatever they're called. the the. It's not a repeater. Well, it's a repeater, yeah. Is it a repeater? Okay, so they put those strategically throughout the you know the giant stone lobby. And, well, McCormick did that too a, a long time ago. McCormick. Yeah, now, uh, now Verizon is actually pretty good in the in the basement and in the lobby at the Board of Trade. Really? Yeah. Well, because that place got so much gadgets in there, you think nothing would work. Right. Right. They they made an effort. Yeah. The bigger the bigger uh, indoor venues, the the way that that all used to be solved was with multi band repeaters that would you know they just pick up the signal and amplify it inside the building. Um. So <laughs> Carl, uh, I, uh, I want to get back to one thing I mentioned earlier. I want your opinion. And it seems to me that at the end of the day, with the labor stuff uh, coming through here, with the inflation stuff doing the same thing, is some people are going to stick with these price increases going forward. Some aren't. And at the end of the day, the, the average the average schmo, uh, his salary increase is not going to be anywhere near what the inflation increase was. It's kind of where we're at. But I, I have a specific question because I – mentioned the guys earlier i ran into a guy yesterday how does this when when the when in the establishment survey what's what's the if somebody's working they work what one hour in the last week yeah the definition is did you did you work for at least an hour of pay okay so what what how does uh let's say without naming any names a particular wendy's had people at 35 hours a week or 36 and then said yeah it's getting a little slow in january we're going to 24 see ya uh where if anywhere other than the person's salary at the end of the year is that picked up any place um so average hourly work week the uh, the work week is one of the tables in there and it's and it's broken down at the decent level of granularity in terms of industry uh, is one of the things that i noted in this last report was that the uh, while the average hourly wage went up, the weekly paycheck went down. So what that says is that you lost hours. Okay, um, and, and that's you know that's that's pretty simple math, right? You you work thirty nine weeks, you just work forty. It's you know thirty nine hours instead of forty hours. So that's uh, that's going on, and that's somewhat of a problem because with that, you know, again during December, that's not supposed to be happening. Now in the you know January, February, yes. But uh, I thought we had this really strong Christmas season, and everything was wonderful and beautiful, and you know all of that. What well, happens? What happens if if you have two jobs and your pay goes down in both, but you make more total? Um, so in the establishment, on the establishment side, uh, that's that's kind of interesting because the establishment survey, the, the guy on the other end of the phone doesn't know you have the other job, so you count twice. 
uh, if, on the household survey, they don't ask how many jobs. They ask, did you work for one hour? You know, did you work for at least one hour for remuneration? So uh, the that that's one of the places you see the split. And there's the people who claim that there's some kind of grand conspiracy behind this. Uh, you know, the government's tampering with the numbers on the establishment side. It's a bunch of BS. All that's happening there is that you're seeing it on the on the household survey. Uh, it's got a smaller number, and that's because people are picking up a second job. They're they're losing their shirts trying to stay above water, working one, so they go get two. Well, the thing I, I mentioned is you can't you can't be I'll use the term an old fart and assume that if somebody gets a two dollar like McDonald's, you see them. Let's say they're starting at fifteen bucks this month, and six months from now you walk by and you see, wow, they're starting at seventeen bucks an hour. You can't assume that that's a four thousand dollar year raise. Because because oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because everybody's getting their two thousand out. What and Pullman used to say it was two thousand and eight hours in a year. I don't know what the, what the ter- total number is, but it's got to still be pretty close to that. You're so not, it's supposed to be two th- well, two thousand hours a year is is forty hours a week at fifty weeks of two you know two off for vacation. Yeah. So that's considered a, a man year. Right. That's sexist. Yes. I, oh, gee, well, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a person it's person a, year. It's a person year. The, uh, it's it's whatever you happen to be in the list. Uh, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, so, yeah, I, mean, I think the, the numbers kind of get fuzzy. when. Let's put it this way. When you're trying to define citizen health, health through these numbers, it's getting trickier, Carl, I think. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that there's one of the things that you have to look at is uh, you have to take the seasonality out of it, which is very difficult to do unless you're comparing against prior year. And, and of course, we've had you know now three years into uh, attempting to come back now from a, what was a hideously disruptive event because of the way that our governments all dealt with us. Uh, the event itself, if if we'd left it alone. Wouldn't have been nearly as disruptive, and, and gee, we only had uh, you know fifty years worth of academic studies that don't do any of these things that we did. But yeah. <laughs> so you know, stupidity though is is the one constant in the universe, according to Einstein. It's it's the one that is absolutely limitless. So um, there you go. But I think when you add that add to that the inflationary impact, it's going to be very difficult to track this stuff with any kind of accuracy. And I. And, some of it is getting really nasty. I mean, I don't know if you've gone and tried to buy a dozen eggs in the last couple of weeks, but uh, good lord, I mean, they're, 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 they're up four hundred percent. That's the a last big year supply here. shock. That's uh, avian avian flu. Well, how come I, how come the Myers you get? Well, so, some of it is, but the thing is, those avian flu spikes usually only last a couple of months, and this has been a ramp that's been going on now for six. Yeah, yeah how they, did, they killed a lot. How does uh, lettuce is really bad? Too. If, you, if you go to the Myers, the uh, yeah. it's still three bucks for a dozen eggs and. Other places are six. Every place else I go is six. Well, it's there's yeah there's uh, the supply disruption is very spotty. But one of one of the things about the avian flu thing is that when they call that, um, it does not take very long for them to take you know another batch of chicks and grow them into hens and they start laying again. So yeah, well, they've been preemptively there's, there's a dislocation that goes into the supply there. But if you look at the you know, at, at the historical price of eggs, you'll see that these kinds of spikes do happen. They happen due to avian flu. They have to call them birds. And uh, they just don't last for, you know, for any length of time. This one looks like a trend, and that's bad. Well, I, don't, I especially don't like the, uh, you know, I, I guess I could get somebody, well, nobody from the state will ever talk, but 
the idea that people natural gas prices are back where they were when the year started, and yet people are telling me they're up four times. Not as much in the city, but North Shore gas, six, seven hundred hour bills people are getting when last year it was one hundred. Oh, you know, yeah, and, and some of that is just is uh, part of it is stupidity by the providers, and the reason is they have their monopolies and they have no accountability back to the people for what they do. Yet think about what happens if you see this thing start. Uh, and I mean, if you look at a 20 year chart of natural gas, uh, yeah, I mean, we get these spikes all the time, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I was just arguing with somebody the other day about this. They're like, well, you know, gas has gotten so expensive, everybody ought to be on heat pumps and this and that and the other thing. I said, look, you just had in our, in our area, TVA, which, you know, is like a four state, it's not just Tennessee, it's like a four state power provider. Um, I, think, I think it reaches even further than that in part. But they, they were 30% short of nameplate generating capacity on the coldest day of the year. And as a result, they were doing rolling blackouts. And this, after they told everybody to throw their gas furnaces out and use heat pumps. (laughs) Well, heat pump doesn't work so well without electricity. And then when it comes back on, it goes into strips mode. It's it's consumption is triple what it normally is because your, you know, your house is 55 degrees after it's been off for a couple hours. So the problem with this is that these guys have no accountability back to people because I can't turn around and choose somebody else. And North Shore Gas is the same sort of thing. So what happened? Why do you think this occurred? And I, I can tell you why I think it happened. My guess is is that when they saw the ramp starting, they hedged off by, by locking that price in the futures market. Now the price comes back down, but unfortunately they're obligated to pay until yeah. that contract expires at the higher price. Well, Kyle, what do you say we kick this around on Friday? Because it's a big issue because people now want another $12 a month just to deliver to your house. So let's kick this around on Friday. Uh, thank you for you for, for bailing us out. For uh, not, not, We can't go without our labor stuff. SP Feeders up 22. Nancy Feeders up 80. Uh, we're going to have Nancy Mortgage, and hopefully John will hang around for a little bit because he and, he and Nancy can talk about this together. Uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities. They play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 
708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. When it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels, everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Right now. Hello, everybody. Stocks and jocks. I'm Tom. I'm Matt Burn of the board. SP Futures up 21. NASDAQ Futures up 73. We started the dip. We came right back. Dow Futures up 118 over in Europe. 
Uh, mostly the upside there. Actually, they're all the upside now. FTSE was dragging, but now it's not. DAX up 126.9. FTSE up 4. Call that flat. Kick around up 23.3 over in Asia. Uh, Nikkei up 153.6%. Hang Seng up 396. 21,388. It's up another 2%. Shanghai up 18.6%. They've been a good buy in the Hang Seng lately. Uh, Friday, we were... We're up 700, let's see, 700 points, exa- almost exactly in a Dow. 87 in the S&P, two t- 264 in the NASDAQ, that's over 2% across the board. Uh, bonds up one basis point, 3.58. We got oil up 340, 3.46%, that's up 255, still under 80. 76.32, Brent up 249, 81.06. Natural gas up 12 cents, but still under 4 bucks, 383. The gold up 11.50, 18.81, trying to make it to 1900. So we're up 13 cents, 24.11. Copper up 8 cents, 3.99. We've got uh, Bitcoin up 3.13, 17.274. And the U.S. dollar down again as the pound is up to 107. The euro is up to 107. The pound's up to almost 122. We have traffic of other sports, Matt. Hey, good morning. Currently 7.38 on January 9th, 2023. Uh, traffic on Chicago fairly regular on the inbound. Uh, weather in Chicago, partly cloudy skies today. Right now, 27 degrees, a high of 42 degrees later today. Weather in Phoenix, clear skies currently 45 degrees, a high of 69 later on. Yesterday in the NFL, Bears lose to Vikings 13-29. They won the first round pick. <laughs> you can keep saying that, but the, it still says lose, lose, it, lose. It does, yes. Uh, uh, this marks their 10th loss in a row this season. Bears, three wins to 14 losses overall. Uh, no matter no, no matter how you try to spin it. Uh, in the NHL last night, Blackhawks beat Flames 4-3. to Tonight in the NBA, Bulls at Celtics catch that at 6.30 p.m. tonight. And tonight in uh, NCAA football, TCU versus Georgia at the CFP National Championship. Game starts at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. That's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Uh, one move, stock moving this morning. Lululemon down, was down 40-something. Now it's mm. down 34. Sour lemons. As they, yeah, as the <laughs> Lord is gross margin guidance. So there you go. Do we, what do we have, Nancy? We do have Nancy. All right, we're trying, we're trying to get jammed back. We are indeed, yeah. Right. Nancy, how are you after all this this morning? We've got phone issues, all kinds of issues, but how are you? Good, how are you? Okay, uh, hanging in there. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff. We had to squeeze Carl in because we didn't have him on Friday, so we had to talk about labor numbers. As usual, that's a, a mixed bag. Uh, I imagine the uh, the mortgage industry is also somewhat of a mixed bag, is, is it not? It is. It, it is, right? Um, you know, they were in the sevens. They came down. They're in the sixes. And uh, if you're going to do something, I'd recommend it be done before the Fed meets again because Prime is at seven. Really? So okay, yeah. Let's see. Uh, the mortgage rate's less than Prime. This is very unusual. Does anybody use Prime anymore? Other they use for the home equity line of credit. Okay. So, and, you know, no one's going to give up their 3%, so now they've, um, and people are getting home equity lines of credit, but, but they base it so much above Prime or below Prime. Nancy, we have John as so, well. Uh, wait, we can remember, Nancy, you're nowhere near as, as old. Uh, I can remember Prime was, was the number, right, when it was, the definition of prime, if, correct me if I'm wrong, John, was the the rates banks charge to their number one customers. Best so customers, right? So yeah. GE got you know six percent, and if you got six and a half, you were like half half a percent more of a schmuck than GE, and six and three quarters, wherever you were, was all quoted as over prime, right? Nance? it was all it was interesting. Then prime, did they not even use the term for a while? It was always kind of there, but but nobody. 
No, no big customers paying seven percent at a bank, are they? I can't imagine that. I mean, do you think that? No, uh, I have, I have no idea anymore. I don't know. I mean, it's gotten so crazy. It depends on the deal and the risk, I think. Because you got to remember, just a month ago, a, a decent mortgage rate was seven, seven and an eighth, seven and a quarter, seven and three eighths. Well, so it's it's hard to believe that. Um, it would be hard to believe that somebody's not getting charged it because I, I mean, you're putting up your home for collateral and they're charging it. Yeah. Well, so I, mean, I, I can't sit here and say, and now all home equity lines of credit have fours. They never used to have fours back in the day. Well. After uh, Prime went down to like, you know, 2%, then, I mean, they were like, why don't these things have fours? Because no one ever dreamt it could get that low. Well, that's the truth. I, uh, but, I mean, I, when, you, when you talk about companies... We'll talk more mortgages here in a second, but just a lot of times companies you never dream of will will borrow money. Even like somebody might have their main banking might be someplace, but their payroll account could be at somewhere else, right? Right. uh, So it could be that you're getting a massive injection of cash from a customer on a Wednesday, but the payroll's on Friday. You might actually borrow money from a bank for like those three or four days. You might just say, well, just cover me for four days and uh, until the other number comes in. I, I doubt very seriously if any big if if, uh, if Amazon is paying seven percent for that answer. <laughs> I mean, so the, the prime is like a, a it's a gleam in somebody's eye now, but I don't think it's anywhere near the definition as we as we knew it. Let's put it that way. I, I don't think. Yeah, so. I, I believe they even have um, overnight funding rates. Yeah, they got all kinds of different now, stuff now. They have all different kinds of vehicles, so I would say that would be a. Thing. I don't know. What's the difference? Uh, this is a, a, Bo- a De- 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 you guys question. What's the difference now between if, if you wanted to go buy one of these uh, buildings that Jan's always talking about? You know, suppose it's a uh, an insurance exchange or uh, Jan rattled. When was the last time he rattled off a list of all the places downtown? Oh, yeah. there for- I started to lose track. Morning, Nancy. By the way. <laughs> Good morning, John. How are you today? Good to you. What 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 are those? If you walked into. Uh, I was going to say Continental, but they've been long gone. Uh, I still see the building. If you if you wandered into Bank America today and said, "I want to pick up the insurance exchange building at a hundred million bucks," by the way, I'm going to put down twenty. What? First of all, Nance, would you like that loan? I think I think you probably would. But what? No, uh, no, it's a commercial loan. It has to go through a bank. All right, you could get a finder's fee. That would have to go through a bank. You could get a finder's fee. Like a new house or something? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> but I mean, so what, what do you suppose? What do you suppose they're going to pay? And not as much as I mean, that's all going to be negotiated on what, however much the bank wants to make. Jim? I would say two to three percent over with their lending rate. So and so, if they have to or the Fed fund rate, which right now is what seven. No, Dan, what do you think? Fed funds is what four and a half. Given that a lot of these are ending up in the hands of the banks anyway, that they'll, they'll, they'll be happy to dump them. I mean, they know that the value has been written down just at maybe half of what it was when they made the loan the first time around. Um, so anything they make back on it now, with a halfway you know, stable purchaser waiting in the wings, I think they'd be glad to have you as a borrower. So I, I got a hunch that it's, it's probably easier and maybe cheaper to buy some of these buildings than it would have been when they were worth more and there was more competition for them. Well, the, uh, 
in, in the in the housing area, there's not a whole lot of this. Well, in the areas that you and Audrey work, um, which is mostly the southwest side, but you guys will do anything. Uh, it sounds awful, but you, I'm saying in, in your area, there's not a, you're not really doing a lot of distressed properties, are you, Nance? I know Audrey doesn't do that. My no. Man. There's a few places you know, where somebody just might have a place that's 30 years old and they never updated anything, and by the way, it's full of everything they've ever owned, and they like die or something. Uh, there might be something distressed, but it's it's fairly rare. It's not it's not like in a neighborhood where the whole place is disaster, right? I mean, so you don't really have. Can you get? Can you still get a mortgage that says, "Okay, I'm paying 150 for the place, but I need to put 75 into it, and when I do, it's worth 300." Can you still get the combination loan, or are those dead? Boy, it. You know, you're gonna you're gonna pay for that. It's it's. The short answer is probably yes, but it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of hoops a person has to jump through. And if somebody has to have a, a reasonable track record of doing that, it has to be like a business probably more than a person, right? And so, if but if you just let's say you wanted to buy it and you um, it appraised for now it has to be habitable at the time they buy it, but let's say it appraised for one fifty and they put you know. Thirty thousand dollars down. They can and they they can do all the work. Then um, one year later, they can get they can refinance and get the cash out. Okay. So, or if you buy it for cash, you could get a delayed financing, but you can't take the improvement money out for one year. So, uh, so less people are doing that. That okay. is a big thing right now. Well, last time you were on, we asked about uh, if somebody, you know, went in two months ago when the Fed was doing their stuff at that point, what, what was the highest, well, without, without asking any personal, what was the highest rate that people were paying? It was like seven and a half now? Uh, uh, in November and December, yeah, seven and a half was a, seven and three eighths was a decent rate. All right, so if somebody did that and bought a place, and now it's down to what six, six and a quarter, something like that. No, it's down about six and a half. Seriously, depending. How come? Well, some people are, are spouting under six, but that means their their uh, their expenses are high or something. They're charging points. Yeah, they're charging origination fees. They're right. hiding it. Well, suppose suppose they dropped like right away, and you just were the the biggest dummy on earth, where you just uh, you just you financed it seven and three eighths, and now it's like. Five, you know, because the Fed just did something crazy, or just reversed. Uh, you have to wait a while, but can't you? You can lock in that rate even pretty quickly, can't you? You could turn around and finance with somebody. You could turn around and refinance it. But normally, well, everybody I mean, wants to wait. There's months. always that. You well, refinance. But there's normally there's a period of time when you can do it easily. It's like after six months or something. After six months, you definitely can do it. Yes. But before that, you can just kind of lock in a new rate. You know, probably don't yeah. want to. All right. But uh, so, what about? I mean, how do these places? I keep. I know I'm bouncing back and forth here, but how do these places? Uh, if somebody went to somebody on a, regarding a building downtown, Jan, and Nancy just said how you do it in, in, in residential. What if somebody says, "Well, now the downtown area is going to be mixed use. We're going to be half half condos and half offices, but that's going to cost X. You know, so I'm going to pay." Three hundred million for the building, but by the way, that's another hundred and fifty million to get that done. Can that combined loan be done from somebody if they see the vision, or how does they must? Well, it's probably more more likely that they'll 
they'll try to minimize the building in, so that they can devote you know, a discrete part of it, say, for office space, one, and another part for you know some sort of mixed use, you know, short-term rental or long-term rental, and then you can do those as separate financing vehicles um, with, with different owners and everything else involved too. Um, I, it's possible, probably, to do it with a unified lender, but it would be an extremely complicated transaction. I think a lot of lenders would be leery of it in this kind of climate. So, generally, so there's a couple couple buildings downtown, like the, the Bankers Building on Clark Street, and one or two others that have done this already. So, the part of it is hotel space, another part of it is you know apartment space, and they've been treated as if they were different lots on the block. You know, they're completely separate real estate parcels with financing arrangements and everything. And I think that probably is the best and most efficient way to do this for larger buildings. Seems pretty complicated, but... It is. Some some of it's sold property, some of it's fee simple, you know, straight out ownership. Um, and you've got lenders who know nothing about each other, you know, with loans on the same building, different pieces of it. But it sounds like... Yeah, you, it does get, it gets, gets pretty complicated. It sounds like in, in either area... If you're trying to do two or three things at once, it gets pretty complicated. Yes, I, I, I think I think what he's saying is absolutely hundred percent correct. Now there isn't if you're going to rent them up on those floors, maybe you could get one lender. But I don't think you could get. I think he's right. The more efficient way to do it is you you kind of minimize it, and then those people get their own financing and. You have everything ready and in place so that when you go to uh, sell the condos, those people will be able to get their financing and stuff. Uh, does anybody... It, it actually helps stabilize the buildings in the event of a default in one part of it. I mean, there still may be ongoing operations in the other parts if there's a healthy hotel business at that site. And it doesn't mean the whole building is brought down or is put up on the auction block again. Isn't is what happened at uh, Marina City way back in the day where the the condominium people were okay, yet the the building, where it was left in the quote building, kind of went under, so there was no lights on in the parking garage and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean they had the theater and they had all you know other stuff that it sort of been tacked onto it. There, there was common ownership among the, the condo owners, but it was separate. Some of it was not, you know, it, the, you know some of it was totally separate, and the, the owners were perfectly okay. They they weren't in danger or anything, but the rest of the project was going belly up. Yeah, the owners were okay. They just the elevators didn't work. Right. <laughs> you hope somebody's paying the contracts that are maintenance on you know, the elevators. Got to use those stairs. Nancy, anything like, is there anything way back in, uh, this is going to control my age, this is back, uh, God, this was in the 70s. We actually got, we, my partner and I, because she was uh, assistant treasurer at Pullman, we managed to get, instead of getting a mortgage and then remodeling a place and selling it, we managed to get a bridge loan. For the mortgage. Well, absolutely anything. And I mean, back then you could do anything. There was all kinds of stuff back then. But now, a bridge loan, they would take the property, you're, the property you're buying, and the property that you're selling. They take them both for collateral. Well, how, how big of a how big of a business do you have to have? I mean, what if it was, you know, John and Nancy and Chief's uh, home? I'll use the term flipping business, even though it's probably the wrong term. I mean, how many, how how many years do we have to be in business? How big of an organization do we have to be, or if, if uh, Audrey finds us a place at uh, you know, one seventy, if we're hundred into it, could be worth you know three fifty. 
or we can just go to the bank and say, give us the 170 and we just close it. I mean, and and, uh, and go on from there. I mean, how, is, is anybody that we know of big enough to do that or do you have to be Amazon these days with the new banking rules? You put up your home if we had enough equity between the three homes. Um, I mean, they would love it. They would love they could get three homes that were, you know, let's say they had equity in them of $600,000. Sure, they'll give you the one seventy. Well, my, my question is, though, the whole idea, the whole idea of a, of a corporation is, you know, good and bad. And good in some ways, it's been the best you know, invention ever. The whole idea of a corporation is that you and I and Jen don't have to put up our homes. My question is, how big does the corporation have to be? I mean, I mean th- this with the Dodd-Frank, it's, which pissed me off from day one. I mean, if you've got a plumbing company with seven trucks and you want, you know, 50 grand for the, for the eighth truck and you've never missed a payment to this bank ever, they're going to want you to put up your house some places. And my, my, and my answer would be, well, screw you. I mean, that's the whole point of a corporation. But now these banking laws are making, you know, I'll, I'll say lower level people, lower level compared to Amazon, not lower level compared to Ponscom, uh, go through hoops that the whole idea of a corporation is you didn't have to do. So you're saying we'd have to be like really big without having our, our house in, in play. Uh, I'm not allowed, we're not allowed to lend um, if the house is in a corporation or an LLC. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's really different than what it was back in the day. Uh, better or worse? Or just more restrictive for people? Well, it's just much more restrictive. I mean, so, um, someone I know owns each uh, owns several properties. Each one is in its own LLC. If he wants to re- take advantage of refinancing, he has to take the property out of the LLC close it, sign for it personally, and put it back in the LLC. That's unbelievable. I know a couple of guys that used to trade in the trading floor. One was a broker and one was one who trade for me, actually. And they they went out and they, they had, you know, they had some money. So they had, uh, I'm going to say, John and Nancy, uh, first house, you know, they put their own money up, uh, fixed it. it. was Their total cost was like 175 It appraised for two and a quarter, and they put it in a, what's the thing where you you, you, you rent it, uh, rent it with the government backing it. Uh, hmm. What's that term, Nance? Uh, the government was, was on the hook for like ninety percent of the rent. Uh, section, oh, section uh, eight or yeah. So they had, uh. so then the same neighborhood, they did like another one. Finally, they were up to like five of them that they had done with all their own money. So they 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 had a uh, you know I'm gonna say we're up to we're pushing a million bucks worth of value at this point. I think they were like all paid for. And uh, they, they went to the bank and said, okay, we want to do, you know, house number six. And they're going, well, we want your house again. And, what do you mean? <laughs> the corporation's worth a million something. We're only trying to borrow 150. doesn't matter. I mean, you know, that's, so you, you, one of the reasons why, you know, last time you were on, last time I talked to you, uh, you and Odd, you guys were, uh, you know, complaining about Blackstone in some of these areas being in and buying this stuff. I think that's one of the reasons is other people can't get financing. Yeah, and you know, there's all sorts of incentives if you if you're an institutional buyer of properties, but the idea of turning them around, I mean, you'll you'll get all sorts of incentives from cities with you know loads of property that kind of unload, whether it's vacant or, or you know ready for demolition or whatever, and you know you can get more favorable terms if you got a whole you know 
inventory of this stuff in your pocket, um, and you get much more bargain power with municipalities for the, the best possible treatment. The average person is really restricted, and you know, if that I see that becoming harder and harder to, to buck up against. I, I think that the larger the you know the, the, the owner when it comes to adding stuff to your you know, wallet, and you want to fix it up and sell it to somebody. Um, you've got the upper hand right now in this market. Are you sense, I agree. You're sensing that too, Nan? I mean, I guess my question is, and probably the answer isn't forthcoming, how big do you have to get to be big enough? You don't have to be really big, but you, you've got to be bigger than, you know, the average family or, you know, extended family can muster, you know, assets to, to pledge for these things. And you, it's just too complicated for the, you know, the small uh, you know, operator like that to do it when you're dealing with everything else, permits and zoning and whatever. Um, it's it's it, uh, the larger entities are really in first place. So even with with Nancy's uh, power of uh, persuasion, we'd have to be like fifty houses, not five. Maybe even more I, than that. I, I, you could first of all in the secondary market, Nancy's not in Wall Street. You can only have ten investment properties. Really? After that, you have to find other avenues. Yeah, so it's it's tough to say. I mean, there everything has really been brought down to a, you know, so that they don't have another catastrophe like they did. I don't care for Dodd Frank either, but unfortunately, everyone's starting to understand it now, and and it's it's limiting. All right. So how does how does Blackstone own like thousands of properties if you can't have ten? They probably went to Wall Street, have wreaths, stuff like that. Oh, so they're in different, different, different pigeonholes. Yeah, they're not in the yeah, they're retail they're, they're in, yeah. 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 All right, so Nancy, give us a shameless plug, because, by the way, uh, the reason why Nancy's on is she's the best. You know how to work, work with people, and, uh, uh, and you've worked with some interesting creatures, shall I say. I'm always on, I don't, I don't, it's none of my business. I just kind of hear on the sidelines, but... Uh, People are, are uh, people are people everywhere, aren't they? Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> they really are. So, <laughs> uh, my name is Nancy Longgrain. I work with United Mortgage, and my number is 708-341-9601. Well, Nancy, thank you very much. Yeah. Hope to see you soon. I will see you guys next week. Yeah, and uh, oh. SP Futures up 60, Nancy Futures up 61. Jen, thank you for all the different subjects you've been talking on this morning, which you're uniquely capable of doing, by the way. And we'll talk at you on your regular day on Thursday. Be back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Are you nuts? Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 708- 349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit hamzianalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Bingo.